Hello and welcome to Money Life. This is Sucheta Dilal. This week, we are going to take forward what we've been discussing for the last few weeks, which is that SEBI has finally acted against fake gurus for telling people that you can make humongous profits on trading. But the point is, are SEBI's uh, consulting papers, that's all they are at the moment, designed to ring fence itself and to protect market intermediaries? Or are they going to make a difference to investors who have been putting money in the markets? So after the losses, fraud and mis-selling due to financial influencers with their influencer trainer referral model had led to such a furor on social media, the market regulator has finally stirred itself into some action, almost like the Cops in the Hindi movies of the 80s who used to come in absolutely at the last scene when most of the work was done. Meanwhile, their victims, now aware of how they've been defrauded, have begun to demand a refund of training fees. Those of you who watched my previous video blog would know what I'm talking about when I say training fees. And they have been sending these fake market gurus rushing to seek legal advice. Why? Because they think the regulator, having finally woken up, is going to come after them and there would be some regulatory action. Is all this really going to happen? Let's take a look at it. Now, like I said, over the last two weeks, I've written about the massive fraud being perpetrated by financial influencers. Who are financial influencers? These are people who talk about finance, companies, insurance, whatever finance-related issues for a fee. They have been providing fake evidence of having made hefty trading profits, so portraying themselves as these trading gurus, and they have lured investors to subscribe to expensive trading programs. The idea is that they learn how to trade, open brokerage accounts, and we have seen that this is just one part which makes them money. Then they are also willing to sell hawk any product or service or person or opinion for a price, and they have been raking in the moolah in multiple ways, really multiple channels of earning money. And in fact, they have been making losses in their trading and earning a hefty income in other ways. So like I said, peddle your opinions, you get paid, you earn from YouTube videos, ads, and you know the YouTube bonanza, subscription fees from your training courses, which are all, of course, online on YouTube, and really fat referral fees, which are not just 10% fees for referring a person to open a brokerage account, but also goes up to commissions and even profit sharing when they bring large amounts of brokerage to people. That's why they're out there during trading hours, trying to push you into trading, 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 and doing it so fast, you don't even realize the kind of money that is being lost in a single trading day. The size of a financial influencer's income depends on the ability to attract subscribers, followed where followers are attracted by absolutely catchy content, hype, you know, partly true, partly not, then tall claims about their trading prowess, like I said. In order to make this seem plausible, many of them have doctored their profit and loss accounts. So first, people used to post fake PNL statements. Then brokers came up with the concept of verified PNL, and these fraudsters even learned to doctor and edit those 
PNLs to fool people into thinking they'd made money. So some would put up PNLs only when they made money. Others would, you know, doctor them and pretend that they have made money. Like I said, huge anger on social media was generated after a bunch of youngsters exposed these people, got facts, put out videos, and pointed out how they had defrauded people. People like me followed up and wrote about it. After this became widespread, SEBI responded with three quick consultation papers issued between 25th August and 29th August. The question that we have to ask is, will new regulation put an end to this fraud? Now, here's what I think. Before we go into that, Devashish Basu, who is the editor of Money Life, wrote last week on this subject, the consultation papers. He said, first of all, SEBI is now clear that Finn influencers are dishing out investment advice without being registered with SEBI as investment advisors or research analysts. Both these are highly regulated. This was known to everybody, but SEBI was pretending not to have seen it. He also says SEBI proposes to disrupt the revenue model of such influencers by turning the screws on registered entities by preventing them from having any monetary or non-monetary relationship with unregistered agents, entities, or individuals. Such registered influencers will now have to follow a code of conduct, display mandatory facts about themselves, have a grievance redress mechanism to address complaints, and the fees that are paid to them will be centralized through a portal offering a fee payment mechanism so hidden payments are cut out. Subhasu points out that the larger intermediaries with a reputation to lose may indeed comply, but SEBI's record of stopping bad behavior is so poor that we don't know if that alone is going to work. Now remember, SEBI is the last to wake up. Even today, it's only at the stage of consultation. This is after the Advertising and Standards Council of India looks after all kinds of advertising and is actually an industry body not even a statutory regulator like SEBI, it issued guidelines and has tightened guidelines. In fact, on 18th August, even before SEBI issued its consultation papers, ASCII, as it is called, has said that financial influencers and people who write on health must be regulated by their respective regulators. Now, in the financial sector, they look at five regulators. They're looking at say the Institute of Chartered Accountants and Company Secretaries also as regulators, but they say you have to be regulated by someone. You can't be any arbitrary person who stands up and pretends to be an expert on finance and trading and is telling the world how to make money. The Ministry of Consumer Affairs also has guidelines. SEBI is still discussing properly. Now, all SEBI has done so far is to make an example out of one person, PR Sundar who flaunted an expensive lifestyle, making the claim that all this was through his trading expertise and the money that he, it, he was making on the markets. It was proven that it was not correct, but really not really proven in the legal sense, because he has entered into a settlement with SEBI, which means that legally he has not admitted or denied anything, but he has paid a settlement amount. SEBI, that means, has yet to prove its ability to successfully prosecute wrongdoing before, say, an appellate body like the Securities Appellate Tribunal or in a court of law. Now let's come to how this whole referral system is gained. A key reason for why this fraud and fakery happens and why it has become rampant 
is the concept of referral fees being paid by the largest brokers to financial influencers. How does this happen? They churn out hundreds of videos, like I said, live during market hours, telling people how they how good they are and how they can trade and make money per day in lakhs. Then they put out PL statements saying, look, I did it. So the impression that they're giving people is that it's just a matter of practice and training and learning. Open an account with that broker through their referral links, they get a 10% referral fee. Now their commission is not limited to this fee, but they are getting commissions that go as high as 40 to 60%. Some of them even have partnerships because they are that big. Like I said last time, they, their followers are in millions. These are really the millions in India's investor population has doubled after COVID, right? So how big is the role of these influencers, not just in bringing investors to the market, because 90% of them have lost money, as SEBI itself shows, but even in the growth of the brokerage firms. So in April 2023, Nitin Kamat, the founder of Zeroda, which is today India's biggest brokerage firm, had tweeted that a key reason behind the success of Zeroda Online is that we were able to grow thanks to referrals from our users. Over 10 lakh customers have referred to their friends and family. Now, what this tweet doesn't mention is the role of financial influencers influencers and the financial arrangements with this broker, which perhaps has a bigger contribution to their growth. I sent an email to Mr. Kamath and asked him about how this works. So he had a detailed answer for me. He said, and I'm quoting, we have a referral program right from day one of the business. The idea was to give another reason for our customers to talk about us. This was important as we didn't want to spend on marketing and advertising, bear an upfront cost, and then be forced to figure out ways to generate revenue to cover the costs. Upfront consumer acquisition costs is one of the core reasons for business for the business of mis-selling. Very correct. He further says that referral program is similar to remiser and sub-brokerage payments that are traditional in the market. Now, these used to be limited to a 10% commission. Zerodha has a separate partnership program, which offers up to 40% on how, based on how customers and revenue is generated. He also insists that revenue sharing for life under the introducer is a standard structure in the capital markets, even in mutual funds and insurance. Now, this is something people have been commenting on social media say you should not keep giving revenue for life, which means that you open an account with a particular influencer and doesn't matter that you're not looking at his training programs and you don't think he is very good, you've moved on, but he continues to get money for all the trades that you've done unless you close that account and open a new one. This is what is meant by revenue for life. All this is indeed true. And in fact, it is the secret behind the phenomenal growth of Zeroda and other discount brokerage firms. But as for the financial influencer menace, Nitin Kamath says, I don't think anyone, including us, has had anticipated this new type of entity, which is a fin influencer, to emerge. I think they got lucky to be at the right place and time post-COVID and they ended up being categorized into traditional associated persons, subbrokers, or referral slash partner programs. And they ended up becoming bigger more quickly. 
Now, frankly, as someone who SEBI seems to consult on every market issue, Nitin Kamath strongly believes that this quick fix offered by the three consulting papers is the way to solve the problem and to allow brokers to initiate action against fin influencers who operate outside the regulatory framework. Remember, the broker is also supposed to file police complaints. That's what SEBI expects in the consultation paper. I don't think that's going to happen. But I have a completely different view on all of this with due respect to Mr. Kamath and his phenomenal success. I believe that the new rules do not even aim to curb wrongdoing at all, since it's very difficult to do so. The primary aim of SEBI is to ring fence the regulator as well as the big market intermediaries from the complaints of those who lost money by listening to snake oil salesmen. So we've seen the pattern. You lose money, you immediately remember there's a regulator. Until that time, you're laughing at the regulator, call it sleepy SEBI or what have you. But the minute you lose money, you're looking for the regulator, you want instant action and you want your money back. Now, SEBI wants to ring fence itself against that angle, and it wants to ring fence the intermediaries who it consults, because that is their solution. Let's create this small little ecosystem of regulated entities. The rest is, I will talk more about it, and you'll understand what I mean. Now, I believe that if there had been no public exposure of the fake gurus and the consequent outrage on social media, Neither SEBI nor the big brokerages nor stock exchanges or intermediaries would have felt the need to frame any rules at all. Yes, there was pressure from ASCII, but why was SEBI dragging its feet? After all, everybody is making money from these millions of investors who have come into the market post-2020. Remember, from the government to SEBI to exchanges and brokers, Everybody benefits from this frothy volume that's generated every day by misguided traders. Broker incomes have soared with all these newcomers in spite of the big referral fees. SEBI's fee income has shot up. Stock exchange volumes have shot up. Third largest exchange in the world doesn't happen without these investors coming in. All market infrastructure institutions normally and naturally will make money when this happens, they become obscenely profitable because of transaction fees. The government charges securities transaction tax, which has skyrocketed. Then there is all the peripheral businesses like certification and training, even the official NISM type, which support this gold rush because they're also booming. The only losers in this game are retail traders who are hoping to get rich overnight by quickly learning how to trade. Now consider some facts. First, the fraud and manipulation of financial influencers or even algo traders was not exposed by the tech-savvy Zeroda or online brokers. They had a ringside view to it from the payments that were being made. They surely knew about this creature called the financial influencer and their mischief. But it was a bunch of young individual market participants who got together and exposed this fraud. Even in retail algo trading, when all kinds of promises were made, it was youngsters writing algos who consistently wrote to SEBI, which was most reluctant to regulate them and said, please have regulations because when something goes wrong, you're going to tarnish all our reputations. So the pressure, both for regulation 
as well as to expose has not come from market intermediaries, brokers, or the regulator. It has come from investors, people within the industry. Okay. The second point, a direct impact of the regulation that will cut out fraud and hype and subject financial influencers to discipline will be on online brokerage firms and all the others that have named above in the ecosystem. Because the number of investors reduces, the amount of frothy trading that they do reduces everybody's income or at least their growth rate shrinks, right? They need newer and newer investors flocking into the market. Nobody wants to do anything that will affect this because everyone stands to lose or at least lose growth in revenue. Thirdly, financial influencers with millions of followers have become a very useful tool for corporate India. This is a fourth income stream that they have, okay? They're used by public relations firms for reputation management. And those who are involved in market manipulation and pump and dump operations also have been using them. Remember Cafe Coffee Day just before the insolvency just now, or remember Brightcom? This didn't happen without the active participation of financial influencers. They're also willing to attack and slander any one of us who's trying to expose corporate fraud and market manipulation. If you wonder why in this new world, people don't want wrongdoing exposed, this is the explanation. Because the narrative is framed by these financial influencers with millions of followers, and they're paid to take make this narrative happen. Their income is not going to be touched by anything that SEBI does because this will continue. Corporates will continue to use them for mischief. Pump and dump operators will pay them outside the ecosystem and SEBI is not going to ask them to share their income data or look into it. I really doubt that they're going to look at that. Clearly, there are too many vested interests who want them to survive. Now, whether financial influencers continue to remain as influential will depend on whether people who have lost money are going to become smarter. That finally is the key. The number of potential new fools entering the market has to decline for the power of these financial influencers to decline. So the million dollar question is, what is the solution? What can SEBI do to curb false trading? My answer is not going to please most traders who are in the market and who are expecting regulator to act because the new regulations, I insist, serve only one purpose, to offer some protection to those who enter the market with a calm head and are prudent enough to trade through registered intermediaries. In addition, SEBI is also providing a broad-based performance validation agency, which will put an end to verified PNLs provided by brokers. So this is going to do performance validation across a wide range of issues and businesses. Beyond this, you're on your own. There's going to be no hotline where you can report your suspicion about furus or fraud gurus, and nothing is going to trigger instant investigation. In fact, if you fall for the pitch of snake oil salesman, SEBI is not going to protect you from your own folly. Worse, if you inform the regulator about specific fake gurus operating without registration, SEBI will merely act as a post office and forward your complaint to the police or just simply ignore you. But that is a story for another follow. Thank you. If you enjoyed what I said, and you believe it, if you want to help prevent new fools coming into the market, please share this video because there's going to be no magic remedy.